Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin Deming, and welcome to my podcast called Perspective Matters. Uh, This is where we're going to be talking about a biblical approach to discussing how our perspective matters and it shapes our understanding how we see life, situations, and people in the middle of a problem. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for jumping on this episode. Today, we're going to be talking with Lanier Ward. This is a conversation I had with him about a month ago. We're going to kind of put this here in the podcast where you can hear from him. Uh, He's in student ministry in the Raleigh area and uh, just a great friend of mine. Uh, Love to hear his perspective on kind of students as well as parenting in this uh, season we've been kind of dealing with. Uh, But before we jump in, as I try to want to promise everyone, we're going to have uh, a joke of the day. So here's your joke before we jump into the conversation with Lanier. So there's this guy, and uh, he walks into a library. And he walks right up to the librarian at the desk, and he says, can I have a cheeseburger and fries, please? The librarian looks at him, kind of puzzled, and says, you do realize this is a library? And he says, Oh, sorry. Can I have a cheeseburger and fries, please? Yeah. Now, I know you love that joke, don't you? Yeah. Next time you go to the library, uh, don't forget to order your cheeseburger and fries. Well, anyway, so enjoy this uh, conversation we had, and uh, we'll check with you next week. Thanks. Excited today to have Lanier Ward with us. Lanier is one of the pastors at Triangle Community Church in Apex, North Carolina, where uh, I used to uh, work there and alongside of him. We've known each other for about 12 years there. I, rem- I, I still kind of remember when you came in, Nate, one of our interns, uh, had uh, brought you in after uh, we kind of already kind of got to know you a little bit uh, from the summer there at Lookup at, at, our, at our summer camp. So you kind of were our counselor and then all of a sudden you had a connection and came in. And I remember that that time there. What were you kind of, what were you thinking when that first kind of happened you came into this church and drove what 30 minutes or so and came in yeah it was odd because uh, i didn't grow up going to church much um you know we were creasters plus a little bit maybe and um so coming in it, it was just an odd thing i didn't go to church at all my freshman year I actually came to know christ towards the end of my freshman year um through nate um and then immediately kind of worked at a summer camp it's it's just a weird way of, of god working and uh, at the camp uh, was TCC summer staffer, and so I got to know Kevin and some of the kids. And so my first week back at, at UNC, uh, Nathan was my roommate and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interning at TCC. You want to come along and, and hang out? It's like, well, yeah, might as well. And uh, 12 years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that progressed interesting enough because I mean, you started there. You just kind of were coming and helping out. Then you came on as an intern and then went to part-time and then he went full-time and then even when I stepped out of a role you kind of took over even a bigger role and uh it was in the process there I don't uh you even lived with my family uh, for about uh two years yeah this or not but my son David now is the same age you were when you were living with us oh gosh don't start that (laughs) that's that's scary yeah weird course of events I was uh playing ultimate frisbee uh on a tcc mission trip that summer we were doing a a really cool thing actually where we did half the week uh in apex and half the week uh at another former interns church out in uh western north carolina and the first night of the mission trip we were playing ultimate frisbee and the other youth pastor stepped on my foot and 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 broke my uh broke my foot in a couple places and i was supposed to be moving out of my apartment that week anyways 
and uh, had, had broken my foot, couldn't drive, couldn't do anything. And so Kevin and Becca graciously said, hey, come, come stay with us for a couple of days while you're figuring it out. And uh, a couple of days turned into a couple of years pretty quickly yeah. there. <laughs> but I tell you, my, my boy still look at just an older brother and, and uh, it's just been a, uh, it was a great experience for all. It kind of uh, helped, helped us as a church, allowing you to continue to, to be a part of what we were doing and helped you out too as well in that situation. So it was a really good, good time. Now you're you're married and have an almost two year old. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and kind of how you're managing this this uh, upside down world we're in right now? Yeah, so my wife Anna is um, is from Gwinnett County, Georgia, which is another place that that Kevin you spent a lot of times where you grew up and were in ministry for a long time. And um, she's another look up person, so another person kind of in that world as well. So just a ton of, of overlapping friends and, and people in common. Um, Ann and I have been married for uh, almost eight years now, uh, which is another, just doesn't seem possible. I feel like that was just yesterday, but um, we've been married for about eight years and uh, Eli is uh, gonna be two in July. And um, that's our first, we, we love him to death. He's, he's made life quite the adventure, um, especially when, uh, when you can't go outside. Um, Anna is a, a child life specialist, which is uh, kind of a newer position that, that a lot of hospitals don't have yet. But uh, her, her role is when uh, a minor comes into the hospital, she's there to help them feel safe and comfortable and um, to kind of be the liaison between the hospital and the family to make sure that everyone's understanding the procedures, understanding what's happening. Um, it allows the doctors to, um, not in a bad way, but, but not have to do a ton of bedside manner with the families because you know in an ER they're just so busy running place to place and um, wait times get crazy and so instead of the doctor having to sit with a family for 20-30 minutes and explain Anna can kind of follow up with the family and make sure everybody's comfortable with what's happening um, everybody feels safe um, she's great at what she does uh, she's been doing that for about six years and uh, it, it's actually been interesting they're actually really really slow with all the coronavirus stuff going on um, the hospital overall is busy, but the children's wing, uh, they're not allowing anybody, even, even minors in the children's wing that has any kind of respiratory symptoms or a fever. They've, um, like many hospitals, they've got the tent set up outside where they're doing screenings and anybody that shows symptoms uh, immediately gets, you know, kind of like your experience, Kevin, they either get told, you know, go home and quarantine. And if it gets worse, you can come back, but we can't do anything for you right now. Um, or, you know, if it is bad, they, they just take them straight to the adult side for, for quarantine. So they're, they're like seeing, I think, 40% of the normal patient count right now on the children's side. So it's been has, has pretty slow. Has much at all in this, just during the season or hours shifted or anything, or just been just less people coming in? No, no nothing's changed there yet. Um, Wake Med, which is the, the county hospital where she works, has uh, promised all employees, you know, no one's going to lose a job, even if patient volume goes down some. So nothing's changed there yet. It, it's definitely slower. So she's kind of been playing catch up on some some paperwork and some administrative kind of stuff. But um, she still works uh, part time. She's um, two 12 hour shifts a week. Um, it's just been slower for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's just a crazy season. You kind of mentioned even having a two-year-old. I know I've heard from quite a few people that this season has been very difficult and trying uh, for a lot of families trying to manage, you know, young kids here all the time, as well as even kids that are maybe a little older that they're trying to do school and work and life all in the same place, all in the same space. Uh, and it, it's just, it's challenging. 
uh, for you guys. And so when, when Anna goes to work, you're typically, I guess, would, would be working from home that day or at home with, with uh, Eli. So the, the way we're doing it, our, uh, our senior pastor's wife actually still comes over. Um, she comes on Tuesdays and takes him for most of the day um, while Anna's at work. And then I get him for the evening. And then on Fridays, that's my day off. So that's the other day in a work. So we, we've got it pretty easy on the schedule front. Um, we've been really blessed to have, uh, you know, church hours can be long and, and crazy, but um, there's also a lot of flexibility typically. So that's been a really nice thing to be able to kind of flip my off day to match her on day so that we don't have to get a second day of childcare, um, which has been really helpful. But no, we, we've never... Uh, viewed sunny warm days as, as a blessing as much as we have in this season when we can actually get outside and um you know we'll on warm days we'll spend four plus hours outside with him just letting him run around and play and um you know we've got the little mini pool we can fill up we've got the um, water table and um the the wet days which there's been a lot of uh, i think you guys are having the same thing up there the wet days um you're watching the clock a lot mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, okay, can I make it to nap time? And then when he gets to nap time, it's like, all right, now I got some time. And then when he wakes up, it's like, okay, can I make it to dinner time? And you just kind of break up the days into smaller parts. Um, you know, with with a two year old, nothing changed schedule wise. Um, I, I, we're we feel the impact less than parents of school age kids for sure. Um, it's not like we had to transition anything for for you know him learning. He he's kind of doing the same old same old. Um, so I, I definitely don't envy the the parents of school-age kids who have now had to try to figure out working from home and their kids going to school at home. and Yeah, that's, that's a whole different animal. Yeah, and so as you're kind of going through this, <coughs> excuse me, as you're going through this, this time and season, I know your role at the church, what do you, what do you typically, focus, what are some, what's your role at the church you're working on? So I'm the student ministries pastor, and that started to um, kind of take on some uh, overseeing all the family ministries roles as well, um, kind of trying to unite one cohesive plan all the way from birth uh, through college, really. Um, and so we've got a middle school youth pastor. We've got uh, directors for each of our uh, elementary and preschool hallways. So we're, we're kind of trying to become a, a little bit of a more united team. Um, we're, um, we're on the orange strategy, which, which I know, Kevin, you're familiar with. And um, they do great, great stuff uh, helping us, you know, stand alongside parents, which probably has never been more important than it is right now, trying to partner well with parents. Um, and so I, I do the student ministries. Uh, I, I'm uh, the alternate, alternate worship leader at times. Uh, that used to be a, a big part of my, my job. That was actually kind of why I came on staff here way back in the day was to kind of eventually be a, a worship leader. But um, paths shifted and things changed. And so now that's, that's become a, a fairly small part of the job. Uh, I, I miss it sometimes, but um, love ministering to students, uh, love the opportunities there. Uh, I did not have a plan for navigating youth ministry in a pandemic ready to go. So it's been a really, that's surprising. Been, yeah. Somehow that never came up uh, to have that plan ready. So, um, have you, have you seen some people like, what are some of the obstacles you think you you've seen for parents of students, or kids trying to navigate, the spiritual side of content in their lives and stuff. How, what are obstacles you've seen or how do you guys try to address that? Yeah, I think so. Wake County, which is where we are, uh, they just started back to classes last week um, online. And so now we're fighting the battle that students are already spending 
at minimum four for a lot of them more like six or seven hours in front of a zoom call um, you know working either with teachers or collaborating with other students and that's really our only way to get content out to them so asking them to do a second activity like that is is a big ask and, and so we, we saw a pretty immediate um, downturn in engagement after they started back to school just because it, it was like I'm sitting still in front of a laptop six hours a day already that's the last thing I want to do uh, a second time so we don't have much choice on how to get content out right now um, what we've been trying to do is send parents good resources um, you know we, we follow a lot of um, Orange has some some bloggers that, that put out some great stuff uh, the Fuller Youth Institute is, is one that I love and um, Kara Powell and, and some of the folks out there put out some great content on, on how to walk alongside parents during this. So we've tried to basically be a library of, of resources and be a source of encouragement for, for parents and students alike. Because um, it's, it, it's a new season for all of us. I don't know how to pastor in a pandemic. Uh, they don't know how to parent in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Kids don't know how to be students in a pandemic. We're all figuring it out together a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that has been a challenge. And, and for, for so many parents, I mean, it's now this weight of responsibility of spiritually encouraging your kids uh, without the full resources that you felt like you had with the churches now. So it's, it's actually saying, you know, what do we do in this? And right now I'm just trying to manage my home. I'm just trying to, you know, marriages are, are, are testing limits because now everybody's in the same, same place. And, uh, maybe there's loss of jobs or some financial strain on top of it, as well as, as everything else and sickness going around. So there's a lot of extra strain. So in all of this season, what would maybe be some encouragement that you'd want to give people uh, during this season that might be helpful or encouraging to them? Yeah, I think one encouragement that I'd give and, and maybe maybe more of an exhortation on this side would be um, be patient and gracious with your kids as much as you can during this time. Um, I know that's not the first time anybody's heard that probably, but if it's the 50th time, it's not enough because it, it's, it's hard right now. Um, and I think what we have to understand is for, um, for adults, this is hard. For adults, we're not totally clear on, on what the future looks like. We're not sure what normal is going to look like in six months. Um, we're not sure how long schools are going to, you know, we, we, there's so much unknown for us and we struggle to deal with it. Um, now take that down to a, 16 year old or a 12 year old or an eight year old. Um, you know, a lot of the parents that, that we're in community with, uh, their kids understand that they can't do things, but, but they can't really understand the why behind it. Um, they've never been in a situation before where someone else was sick, so they couldn't do something. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to understand for, for a, a preschooler, elementary age kid, why other people being sick means they can't have baseball. Um, why other people being sick means they can't go to school, why they can't have a birthday party, um, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I think we have to understand that um, our kids are grieving yeah. right now. They're, they really are grieving a loss. Um, I especially feel for the seniors. Uh, that, that's been some of the hardest conversations to have is with some of our seniors who um, the prom's not going to happen. Um, graduation's not going to happen, at least not in the way they plan for it to happen. Right. Um, these last few months of being in classes with their friends aren't going to happen. Um, 
they're you know a few months away from their life changing drastically already because they're they're leaving home they're moving out they're they're moving their way to school and they they had this idea in their mind of how they were going to spend those last months with their friends and now all that's had a wrench thrown in it big time so yeah. i think it's easy oh sorry go ahead now i have i have a senior in high school and he you know i was thinking about that what you said you know he one day he was in school the next day they stopped and he'll never see some people in that school ever again i mean it's just like yeah just now different and i know it's it's that way with people going in from middle school to high school and elementary school to to uh middle school there's people they won't see and there's they won't step foot back into schools again and it's challenging yeah and i think it's um i think it's easy as adults to skip a step and immediately try to move our kids towards hey there's going to be bigger stuff that comes in life you know missing a graduation is not the end of the world you're going to have a college graduation later or you know missing prom is not that big a deal you're going to have a wedding one day and that you know you'll forget about prom it, it's not wrong to try and help our kids gain a longer term and, and especially an eternal perspective on it. That's what we should be doing, but we can't skip the first step of grieving with them um, and, and helping to legitimize their, their pain and their sense of loss. Um, a, a lot of times we as adults make the mistake uh, of thinking, well, you know, that's a big deal when you're 12, but it's not a big deal when you're 40. So, you know, get over it. And we forget that, no, when I was 12, if I had to miss a baseball season, that was the end of my world. Mm -hmm. that, that was it for me. Um, I, I was talking to our, our family team this morning and we were talking about some of the kids and it was like, I never got grounded for two full months. And that's basically what these kids are feeling like. Um, and they didn't even do anything wrong. They didn't deserve it. <laughs> and they're grounded for two months. Yeah, and, and so there is this feeling of loss, and, and I think it's important that we um, we're vulnerable with our kids, and, and we're telling them that that we're hurting too, that we feel it too, uh, that we understand, and then moving on to the next step of helping them see the bigger picture and, and and start looking forward to the things that are in front of them, not just the things that they're missing out behind them. But it's important to to walk through that progression with them instead of just saying, "Oh, it's no big deal, get over it," you know just wait till you have a mortgage to pay and, and, you know, a family to pay. Yeah. That stuff is bigger and more important, but not when you're 14. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So if you were to kind of think through a scripture or, or something like that, that maybe you would love for people to kind of think about during this, this season of pandemic, global pandemic, uh, what, what would be a scripture that maybe has resonated with you during this time? Yeah, we, we've been doing some extra content, um, at church just because we figure people are home and bored so we might as well talk at them some more um and one that came up the other day was john 5 17 and um jesus was talking to some jewish leaders and, and they were you know they were upset with him for working on the sabbath essentially they were saying you know you can't be healing people on the sabbath that's that's they arrest and um jesus response to them i, I love and and um, again his context was the sabbath but i think it applies perfectly right now as well he says my father is always working and so am I. And I, I think it'd be really easy to think right now that uh, maybe God's asleep at the wheel a little bit um, because we look around and um, there's so much brokenness and there's so much uncertainty. And it'd be easy to think, well, maybe, maybe God just decided to take April off this year. Um, and, and yet Jesus is right there telling us, my father is always working 
and so am I. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I think it just comes through as true over and over again, is, is Genesis fifty twenty, and it's even what Satan meant for evil, God used for good and the saving of lives. Um, there's a lot of things around us happening right now that that could be evil. Uh, there, there's people out of work. There, there's people not sure, you know, what's coming next for their jobs. There, there's people not sure what's coming next for, for school or, or there, there's just so many things that we could look at as evil. Yeah. And, and yet we have a God whose victory is so overwhelming and so complete that even the devices that Satan thinks are going to bring about you know, our ruin and our destruction, God says, you know what? No, I can turn that into something good. Yeah, um, and and a little bit about even the idea of definition of good, uh, that can be a challenging thing because in our minds, no, we think good means, you know, no more pandemic, no more sickness, no more this. And that's not necessarily what he was saying in that verse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want, if it were up to me, good would mean happy, healthy, comfortable, rich, all that kind of stuff like that that's good um and yet god's view seems to be very different um god's view of good is is much more eternal uh my view of good is five minutes from now and so i think uh, like we just talked about i think it is really important to um and kevin this is something that, that you you know repeated over and over again when you were teaching here is a biblical perspective goes a long, long way, and, and an eternal perspective goes a long, long way. Because when we zoom in on the uh, on the six weeks of quarantine, it gets overwhelming. It, it really does. And and yet, when we zoom out to the the full picture of this year, you know, five years, it gets a little bit better. But then, when we zoom out to eternity and start thinking, you know what, um, I have a secure place in heaven with the creator of the universe. Okay. I can get it. I can get through a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a lot for us to think about. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we've heard phrase, I've heard it seen all over internet. We talk about how, you know, we're all kind of in the same storm and we're all, there's a global pandemic storm happening, but man, we're in different places in that storm, different boats in that storm, different places. There's some that are, feel like they're sinking and others that maybe they're coasting along and they feel okay. But in the sense of it, man, there's just a lot going on and everybody's life is different because of this. Uh, and it's just different. Some ways are, 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 we just are desperate for something. And I know one of my prayers have been that people would look to God, reach out to him in this season uh, in that. But uh, yeah, looking at the idea of the whole concept of God, what does good look like for me? And I think you, you earlier talking, I love the phrase you, you used, was that it feels like maybe God might hit the snooze button during this time. And, and, and it feels like that sometimes. God, where are you? So, uh, yeah, for us to, to just continue to seek him, to, to try to figure out what God is doing in this season uh, is, is, uh, is something that can keep us going. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's a different world. Very much. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, thanks for connecting and uh, looking forward to chatting with you some more and talking with you more. But, uh, Thanks for, for jumping in all of this today. Yeah, of course. Love you and, and the rest of the family. Miss you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're well on the path to recovery. Yeah, very thankful for that too.